Recap. We started in chapter 1 saying that there is a godly soul and an animal soul. We spoke very little about the animal soul at the end of chapter 1. Basically, we spoke about the four elements that make it up. We spoke about that it is the natural soul, the soul that is instinctive, the soul that desires, the soul that keeps us alive. But then we went on in chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, we explored the godly soul. We explored the makeup of it. We spoke about its levushim, the way it encloses itself through thought, speech, and action. We spoke about mitzvahs. We spoke about Torah and the incredible bond that it connects with Hashem. In chapter 6, 7, and 8, we go on to explain the animal soul. We see that its structure exactly parallels that of the divine soul. It also has ten faculties and three garments. However, the substance of the animal soul is not holy. It's what we call klipa. Klipa means a shell. When you have a nut and you want to crack the nut, you're cracking off the klipa. The word klipa is a word that we're going to use extensively throughout all five sections of Tanya. And fundamentally, it's the idea that it's impure. Something that inside is obviously godly, because everything in this world is godly. But there's a klipa, there is a veneer, there's a cover over it, there's a shell. And as we're going to explore, there's two kinds of klipas. There's the kind of shell that can be broken and the kind of shell that's impenetrable. The kind of shell that can be broken, that is something which isn't prohibited, but isn't necessarily a mitzvah to do. For example, um, I don't know, a steak, a kosher steak. It's not holy unless you eat it for good intentions. It's neutral. It's not impure. However, what you do with it will determine if you're going to crack the shell or if you're not going to crack the shell. If you crack the shell, in other words, you eat it with a bracha and you eat it for the right intention, then at that moment you turned it over to the side of good. If you did not, then you thickened the shell and it becomes part of what's called the three impenetrable shells, the shellish clippus atmeus. Basically, the idea these things are totally prohibited. So really what we speak about, we're going to talk about the, the klipat noga. Klipat noga is the shell that has still a measure of good. It's an intermediary level between good and evil. Um, and all physical objects are included in that. Anything that is technically okay to use. A piece of pork is not. The second category is the three impure klipos, and that's totally evil and prohibited. In the words of the Tanya, quoting um, the book of Kohelet, Exiliastes, Zelu Asalakim, Hashem created one thing opposite the other. Everything that's in the realm of holiness has its counterpart in the other side. Sitra Achra, the other side, or klipa. Those are the two words Rabbi Shneri Zalman will use throughout Tanya, to describe the other side. Sitra Achra, the other side, and Klippa, the shell. That just like the divine soul consists of ten holy faculties and is enclosed in three holy garments, so too the soul of the other side, we're talking about in the Jew and in good, good people all around, this soul derives from Klippat Noga, the soul that has potential for elevation. This 
consists of 10 crowns of impurity. When we're talking about impurity, we're not talking about absolute impurity. We're talking about non-holy. Things that can technically be used for holiness, but they're not naturally holy. And these are the seven emotional faculties. Each one of us has the flip side of holy chesed, holy kindness, is lust. The flip side of discipline is anger. The, f- the f- flip side of beauty, to ferret, is boastfulness, etc. And these stem from, as we spoke about in chapter 1, the four negative elements, fire, water, s- dust, and wind. And there's the intellect of the, other, of the animal soul, um, and this intellect is the father, the, the parent of all our emotions. Now, the intellectual faculties are described as a source of evil midot for the midot, for the, because our emotions are commensurate with the quality of one's intellect. A child loves and desires baby things and gets angry over small stupid things. And adults, hopefully, when they grow up, they sophisticate, they get more, but it's still not godly. In other words, the child will have small intellect and therefore his emotions will be narrow in scope and usually one at a time, angry, then sad, then happy, etc. Versus the human being, that's more complex. Now, the human being, when they use their thought, speech, and action for these negative emotions, for these non-holy emotions, then they're fully engulfed in the animal soul, and animal souls fully engulfed in them. And pretty much what he's saying is everything that we do in this world that isn't holy by default is animal soul. Animal's not bad. We're not talking about an unkosher animal. We're talking about just an animal. Just just like an animal wants to stay alive, the animal within us wants to stay alive, but it doesn't mean it's holy. So going on holiday, eating food, procreating, all that stuff, technically is animalistic. You can use it for something holier with intention and you know, doing it the right way, etc. But ultimately, unless you do so, it's just another animal taking care of their desires and needs.